0: Well, it's been a very busy couple of weeks at the Heminga household. We had the whole family over to celebrate St. Nicholas Day, which is on December 6th. It's an event that takes place in Holland every year to celebrate the birthday of St. Nicholas. Now, St. Nicholas was a real person, unlike Santa Claus, who was invented for a Coca-Cola commercial. St. Nicholas lived in the third century in the city of Myra in Asia Minor, which is today's Turkey. He was a bishop, but he was from a wealthy family. He had inherited a lot of money and he used his money to help poor families in his community. And there are many legends about how he helped the poor. One is about a poor widower who had three daughters who could not, and who could not afford a dowry for his daughters. That meant that they could not marry, and they were doomed to poverty or even prostitution. One evening, St. Nicholas grew gold coins through the open window, which landed in the stockings the girl had hung before the fire to dry. No one knows if this is really true, but it's a good way to explain why we still hang stockings before the fire. When I was young and still today, on the evening of December 5th, St. Nicholas, dressed as a bishop, comes riding on a white horse through the city, surrounded by black helpers, carrying gifts for the kids who have been good that year. And we have made our own version of St. Nicholas by each person drawing a name and having to make a present for that person. You're not allowed to buy it. So this has created some very creative and rivalry and a great challenge for me. For us at Christmas, we are free to go to church and enjoy a good meal. Now I look back through some of the things that we have done over the years and I came across a service we had 13 years ago at our church in Toronto. At that service, the children of the Sunday school performed a play. And a play was written by Terry James, who was the church school superintendent at the time. And it was the story of a newsroom with reporters who had been sent out to cover events that had come over the wire on Christmas Day. There was so much happening that day that they first had to decide which story they would cover and send a reporter to and uh, the story that people would be interested in. There was the census, and that would be of interest to the readers. Everyone was talking about it. The pros and cons had been discussed at length, and so had the inconvenience of it all. The impact on local business, the reporters interviewed people about the trouble they got in to to get ready for the trip, the hardship of travel, and the hassle to find a place, a place to stay, and the lineups to get registered. That surely made for a good story for the newspaper. And then there were the rumors that strange visitors had arrived at the palace of Herod. Now anything to do with Herod always made for a good story. He was the one most people loved to hate. That was worth the trip of a reporter. But then there were other stories unfolded. Should they send a reporter to cover that or should they just ignore it? There were reports that shepherds had seen a vision. A vision of angels. Really? You know what shepherds are like. You can't trust them. Shepherds had too much time on their hands. They did too much gazing in the sky. You couldn't take them seriously. It was not that people didn't believe in angels. They did. But angels appeared to important people, like kings and prophets, not shepherds. Should they really take this seriously and send a reporter to cover it and to investigate? But there was another story that just came over the wire. A star had lit up in the sky. What was that all about? Maybe they should send a reporter and find out. After all, if it turned out to be nothing, they could also always cancel the story. But the rumors kept coming in and get stranger still. It had to do with the birth of a baby in a stable. Well, sometimes babies get born in strange places and with the senses at all, that would hardly be worth sending a reporter to. Oh, well, it might be something that they could use to fill some empty space in the paper. People like stories of babies. And it just turned out to be a very busy news day. And reporters were sent out to do interviews, find out the facts and the details of what happened on that very first Christmas day. Now, in the play, I still remember, the reporters did a good job. They reported what they saw, They interviewed people, and they got to the heart of the story that they could take back to the newsroom. Well, this morning, we read a report of another reporter. His name was Luke. He gives us a report of the story, not as it was happening, but about 60 years after it happened. He'd been asked to write it all down so that it would not be forgotten. He had an opportunity to talk with people who were witnesses, to the story. He'd been able to hear various sides of the story, and he'd been able to reflect on the events and make sense out of it all. And then he gives us his report. Who was Luke? From the way he writes, we know that he was a highly educated man. Scholars believe that he was the same Luke who Paul calls his friend. Luke the doctor. That would make sense, because doctors are meticulous. They are used to dealing with facts and looking for details. It seems to me that Luke uses his skills as a doctor when he gives us his report because the report is packed with details. In the six months, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to Joseph, a descendant of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. In one sentence, he tells us that God had sent an angel he gives us the exact time the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy he tells us which angel it was Gabriel where he went and he gives us the location of the town he tells us who the angel went to visit and in a few words we know that she was a virgin she was engaged and now she was engaged to the family to her fiancé belonged to in minute details he sets the scene for the story which is to follow. Like a surgeon, Luke gives us a detailed report of exactly what went on. And after setting the scene, he takes us in the room and lets us listen to the conversation that took place between the angel and Mary. The angel says, Greetings, you highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at the words and wondered what kind of greetings this may be. Luke not only gives us word for word what was said, but he also gives us an insight in what went on in Mary's mind when she heard this. She was greatly troubled. Yes, wouldn't you be? And she was wondering what this was all about. Wouldn't you be? Then the angel tells Mary that she is special. Now, I imagine that Mary would have thought, surely God doesn't send an angel just to tell me that I'm special. There must be more than that. Well, there was. The first thing the angel said, do not be afraid. And then he tells her that she will be pregnant and have a son. Now, that was not good news. In fact, it was very bad news. She was engaged. See, that meant that her family and the family of Joseph had made a deal and they were legally binding agreement for them to marry in about a year or two. After all, Mary was still very young, and she'd barely reached puberty. Being engaged meant that her future married life with Joseph, who was much older than her, was secure. There was only one thing that could destroy their plans, and that is if she got pregnant before marriage, in particular if she got married by someone other than Joseph. That would be adultery, and that would be punishable by by death. That was the law. This was not good news. It's all very well for the angel to say, do not be afraid, but she was. And then after this detailed description of the time and the place and the circumstances, he now tells us the point of the whole story. Because the story was not about the time and the place. It's not about the appearance of the angel. It's not about a girl who's getting pregnant. The crux of the story is about a baby who will be born. This baby will be born to her is not an ordinary baby. Listen to what the angel said. He tells Mary that the baby already has a name. The name which describes his character, Jesus, which means the Lord saves because that's who he is, a Savior. And then Gabriel continued to describe the baby. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary, you're going to be the mother of a king, of a kingdom who never ends. The king who will be a Savior to the world. Now, I wish that Luke had described the look on Mary's face, but I can just imagine. What can I say? Mary says, but how how will this be? I'm a virgin. And the angel tells her that the Holy Spirit will be the father and the baby will be the son of God. Luke, in a brilliant report, makes us zero in on the crux of the story. This is about a baby to come. This is about God coming into the world and to be one of us. This is about a savior for all mankind. But the report isn't finished yet. There's one more thing. Luke wants us to know that Mary's response, what the angel had just told her. Mary was afraid. That's understandable. However, she sounded like the bad news now is turning into good news. She had her doubts as to how this would happen, and she believed the angel, and she says, nothing is impossible with God. And then she responds, I am the Lord's servant. May it be as you have said. She gives the perfect, what we would have said, the Christian response. She was afraid. She had her doubt. But she believed that with God everything is possible, and she responds with obedience. What a witness. What a report. Luke ends his report with, then the angel left. He had said everything there was to say. We have his report. The response is up to us. Will we believe him like Mary? Will we accept what the angel said about the baby? Or will we file the report with all other reports of what happened in the world that day? By the way, Said the, the angel to Mary, There's one more thing. I will give you a sign. Elizabeth, your relative, she's going to have a baby also. Elizabeth? She's way too old to have babies. Yes, and you are a virgin. Didn't I tell you? Nothing is impossible with God. To God be the glory.